don't want to miss out on a chance to lift him up, to give him thanks and praise to his name. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. It's so good to see everyone here today. Amen. Thank you for coming. We're going to welcome all of our guests here. Amen. For coming to Apostolic Praise. Amen. We know that this is always a place for you. Amen. And uh, we pray that God would touch you and speak to you today and, and minister to you. Amen. Amen. There's something about the Spirit of God that just man cannot provide. Amen. A peace that this world cannot provide. Just a satisfaction deep down inside your soul that no matter what we have or what we pursue after, there's a place in our heart that only God can fill. And he does not only want to fill, but he wants to overflow it in your life so that we come springing out as a, a river of living water flowing from our bellies. That's what God wants in us. Amen. And we are the people of God. And amen, we want to do what the Lord has for us. Amen. We have a few uh, announcements as we transition. Amen. There's going to be uh, after service today. Uh, we have some light refreshments and light drinks if you want to uh, stick around and fellowship. Uh, our plan is not to feed you lunch, but we got some stuff, finger foods and stuff. So uh, take as much as you want as long as you leave enough for somebody behind you. Amen. And um, uh, it's a time of fellowship to get together uh, briefly before you all go and do your own thing. Amen. So we're excited about that. Thank you for all those that are involved in that. Amen. Thank you to uh, Sister Leslie and the great music department for all of this. Amen. The anointing that they have, they can make to mix together all these songs. Amen. We've been singing for, you know, 10, 20 minutes, but I think we sang about 50 songs. But it felt, it just felt good, doesn't it? Amazing. Amazing. God has blessed them and the anointing upon them is evident. Amen. And so we're uh, blessed by them. Amen. Um, I know today we've gathered together for our Christmas service to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior. Amen. But we also want to acknowledge and celebrate the birth of our bishop. Today is his birthday. Man, I don't know, I don't know how he planned this out. What a great birthday party you planned. Amen. But we're, we're excited, we're blessed that uh, he's here and Sister Bruce. We love them very dearly much. Amen. And uh, we're also blessed by uh, a lady that has left and come back, Sister Christy. We're so good to see you with her husband. Amen. There's, a, uh, there's an internal poll going around that uh, we want to hear you testify of all your greatness that God has done for you. Amen. And so you wanna, would you like to say something? A few, just a few words. Hey, all right. Amen. So good to see her and Kevin. Amen. So um, this coming Wednesday, there's no ladies' prayer on Wednesday. Amen. Driving into the holiday season. Amen. We're we'll spend the time with uh, friends and family. Amen. And so uh, good to be a part of the body of Christ. Amen. As we're staying, we go to the word of the Lord today. Uh, Luke, the f second chapter. Amen. Start reading in verse 4. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, unto, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the end. Amen. I want to speak to you today from this title, Away in a Manger. Away in a Manger. Turn to a few people around you, wave at them. Uh, in a high five as you're seated today. Oh, 
wonderful. I forgot to mention the kids. Weren't the kids great? Yeah, they're so wonderful. I noticed my girls, they, uh, they assume the role of the, the covering cherubs where they cover their eyes and cover their face. So at least they're, they're playing a part of an angel, so I guess that's, that's good. One of these days, they'll sing all the stuff that they know in public. But uh, come this time of the year, we are uh, all familiar with the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. The nativity scene and story, as we catch glimpses of it between the lights, the snowmen, the reindeer, and Santa Claus. And you may or may not display a nativity scene in your house, but as much as we look for the scene of our Savior in this present world, that glorious day that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the truth and reality was there were not many people actually looking for him. Save the wise men from the east, the Bible does not tell of anyone else that were actively looking for the arrival of the Messiah. Sure, Israel knew in the back of their minds that Scripture had mentioned at some point that their Savior would come. But uh, in this Christmas story that we find in the Bible, we don't really see anyone else being told that they are pursuing Jesus Christ in his birth. Even though many years earlier, a prophet of God let the world know Let the nation of Israel know exactly where Jesus would be born. In Micah, the fifth chapter, five and two. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though thou be a little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting Now, I'm here to tell you today that there's only one whose goings forth have been from of old, of everlasting, and that is God himself. That is God, the almighty God. Nobody else can say that. And so the announcement was made years and years in advance. Invitations were sent out that God was going to show up in Bethlehem. Well, we've been given the, the GPS coordinates and of where this event is going to take place. We're told that Bethlehem, Ephrata, out of you, he's going to come. And so how about a little bit more info? How about a little uh, a sign to help us narrow down the search results of, of where and when and how this is all going to come out to be in case people want to come to be there for this event? We see in Isaiah the seven. 14, therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. And the one who's going forth from everlasting, that is who Emmanuel is. And that is who the virgin is going to bear a son. That is the mighty God that would be born to the virgin girl. Now that is a pretty precise sign there. Imposters and impersonators are going to have a hard time trying to replicate that one. A virgin given birth to a child. Isaiah 9 and 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Notice that the son, this child that is born, is called Emmanuel, God with us. And the child is also called the Everlasting Father. It seems to me 
The Bible teaches that there is only one God and that the Son and the mighty God and the everlasting Father really are all the same. That the Son is the Father, the Son is the mighty God because there is only one God. There's only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And we've come to know His name and His name is Jesus. He came to save us from our sins and we're here to worship Him today. And so God created, God created an event on Facebook with a location, gave the details of the event, Bethlehem, a virgin's going to bring, bring forth a child, and uh, are you interested in going, yes, no, or maybe? And you would think, you would think that there would be crowds and crowds of people there welcoming the Messiah. But when the time came, who was there to celebrate the birth of the Messiah? There's nobody. Nobody. Jesus was away in a manger, and, and we are not told that there are anyone else there besides Mary and Joseph. Maybe some animals. Unbelievable, isn't it? Unbelievable. The heavenly hosts of angels were there. They were rejoicing and singing aloud because this was the greatest event that this world had ever experienced. And there was nobody there but the angels and animals. But these angels had to go and tell somebody because no one showed up. They had to go and tell some shepherds about it because Jesus was away in a manger and he was alone. But finally, finally the shepherds arrived. Finally some human beings showed up to see their Lord and Savior to catch a glimpse at the Imago Dei, the, the image of God. And, and wow, the, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords came to this earth and nobody was there to greet him. Uh, I, I don't get it. I mean, God's Facebook event had millions and millions of people interested in the event. But nobody, nobody was interested enough to actually be there for it. They all knew about the scriptures. They all knew about the prophecies. But they never took the time to think about it and actually pursue it and put things together and said, the Messiah is coming and I want to be there for the birth of my Lord and Savior. That's the one event that I don't want to miss out on. If Jesus is coming to the earth, I want to be there for him. I want to be ready to see him there, whether in the manger or when he's coming back again. That's another event that you and I don't want to miss out on the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and I believe that he is coming soon and very soon and so we shake our heads in disbelief how could nobody be there I mean I would have been there we say that I, I would have been there yeah we say that and we think that but would we have been there the only ones that we are told that were truly interested in being there to come and to worship the king of kings were the wise men from the east. And they show up asking where Jesus is and everyone is dumbfounded. We see in Matthew 2 and 1, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Can you imagine the, 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 the sheer amazement from these wise men? These, these wise men, they were not Jews. They were not of God's chosen people. They, they were not from Israel. They, they were from the east which most likely means that they uh, were from Babylon, most likely. They, they were not from Israel. They were not from God's chosen nation. They were foreigners. They were outsiders, most likely from Babylon. And, and, and the phrase, away in a manger, was most literal for these wise men because Jesus literally was away in a manger. 
And yet, they traveled. Yet, they pursued after that star. Yet, they followed and they sought after the word of God and the prophecy coming to pass. They traveled for, for days and weeks and, and possibly even years. And uh, it took, they, they say that uh, uh, Babylon to Bethlehem is over 900 miles. And so they traveled that long of a distance with the knowledge that they are going to look into the face of Almighty God. Lee County is filled with hundreds, if not thousands, of churches. And, and, and no matter where people live in this great county, there is probably, most likely, a church within 20 minutes of every single person. Uh, uh, okay, maybe the exception of Upper Captiva or Eusepa. And if you live there, I'd love to meet you after service today. But pretty much everywhere but those islands, if you live on those islands, within probably 20 minutes, you probably can find a church. And 20 minutes, and yet Jesus, for many people, Jesus is still away in a manger all alone. On their way to Jerusalem, these wise men were probably talking uh, 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 about how, uh, I wonder how many people are going to be there for this event. And hoping that maybe, just maybe, I know there's going to be hundreds and thousands of them. Maybe we can just get close enough to catch a glimpse of the King of Kings. Surely there's going to be multitudes and tens of thousands of people there. And Surely, I mean, this child, uh, the scripture says, is their king. This child is Isaiah, Israel's Messiah. He is their savior. Surely the crowds in the streets are going to be filled. And we being foreigners, we're just going to be happy to be there. If we're just in the back seat, the back row, and just we're just celebrating, yes, Jesus has come, the Messiah has come. We're just happy to be a part of this great and miraculous event, and, and we're just happy to be there since we're foreigners. Maybe we'll be able to get a balloon or a sticker or definitely a coffee mug to take back and show our family that, that we were a part of there. I was there. I was there in Bethlehem. Uh, I didn't just hear about the manger, but I got to see the manger for myself. I saw Emmanuel. I saw the everlasting Father. I got to see Jesus, God, robed in flesh. I got to see the one who spoke this world into existence. But when they entered the gates of Jerusalem, Jerusalem being the capital city, Jerusalem being the place of King Herod, surely, surely it's going to be overflowing with people. Because Jerusalem's only two miles from Bethlehem. The overflow surely is going to fill up the city, the national city of Jerusalem. That is like if we are here, if we are Jerusalem right here, the manger where Jesus was born. If you went north, it would be at the Colonial Light. Where Jerusalem, Jesus was born at Colonial. Or if you go south, Jesus would be born at Whole Foods. That's how close. That's two miles. Two miles from Jerusalem to Bethlehem. Um, and, and so that's how close Jerusalem was to Bethlehem. And, and that is how uh, away in a manger Jesus was from the capital city. That's how far away. But when the wise men showed up and entered the gates of Jerusalem, Something just seemed off. Something seemed off. Where? Where was everybody? Where is everybody? Where are the masses of people that surely, surely would be here? We, why would the, the people of God, the, the Israelites, the Jews, the very DNA of, of, of Jesus, why would they not be here? Surely the entire nation of Israel would be trying to walk and fill in these streets, but no. Life just kind of seemed as normal. Just any other 
day in busy Jerusalem. And so they said, well, if these people obviously don't know, let's go to the king. He's, he knows what's going on in his place. He knows what's going on in Jerusalem and the surrounding city. Surely he's going to know uh, the King Herod. Surely he's going to know where the king of the Jews is born and how far away this manger, how far away Emmanuel really is. The king's going to know that. Matthew 2 and 2 saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we are come to worship him. And, and when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Israel with him. Troubled. They were troubled. Do you know what troubled is? Remember when you had something really important to do and you forgot about it, and then you remembered? And you realize how much trouble you're going to be in? That's troubled. And so that's what the Bible says, Herod and all of Israel were troubled. Why? Because they realized that they forgot something. They realized they missed something. And nobody knew that the king of the Jews had been born right in their backyard. Can you believe that nobody knows, aren't, aren't these people his people? And, and if we are, are foreigners and, uh, and we know about his birth, surely the Jews would know what is going on. Nobody knew. Why? Well, they were just too busy. Too busy with life. Too busy being entertained. Too busy being caught up in politics and the election campaign of King Herod. Too busy talking about Caesar's executive orders and too busy caught up in all of these things. So busy with life that they forgot about what is really important. And that is the birth of their Savior not too far away. And that is... The only one, he is the only one who can save us from our sins, Jesus Christ. And, and Jesus goes on to say, what good is it if, if you can gain the whole world but lose your soul? What good is all the money and all the riches and all the wealth if it stays here when you die and you pass into eternity? Not having your soul prepared for the other side. Jesus said, lay up your treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt. And so pursuing treasure is not a bad thing. Jesus says you can pursue treasure. You just need to make sure it's the right treasure where you can lay it up in heaven. Your gold and silver and dollar bills, you ain't going to be able to take that into heaven. And so that's obviously not the right treasure. We need to be pursuing what the Word of God says and the treasure that God has hidden in there that we need to find and consume in our life. We need to be pursuing the right treasure, and that can only be found in Jesus Christ. As he says, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so only Jesus knows the way to heaven. That's where he came from. You go and try to find your way. The only way, Jesus is the only one who knows because he came from heaven to earth and he returned back. And so obviously he did not get lost. So he knows the way. He knows how to get there, and, and, and mankind can gather all the brilliant minds and all the degrees in the world and all their opinions. It's not going to matter on what they think is the way to get to heaven. When it comes to heaven and getting in, the only one who has been there and come to earth and told us how to get there and went back is Jesus Christ. And so we need to listen to what Jesus Christ says on how to get to heaven because he knows what he's talking about. So why doesn't the world believe him? John 3 and 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except the man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You would think he knows what he's talking about. A lot of people say that they're interested. A lot of people say they believe. But how many of them are born again? And, 
and how many of them are baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of their sins. And they're not baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Uh, they're baptized in that name. That name is Jesus. Because nobody in the Bible was ever baptized and, and they said, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Nobody, nobody in the Bible has ever done that. Everyone in Scripture was baptized in Jesus' name. And if you aren't sure how you were baptized, it's better to be safe than sorry. It's better to get baptized in Jesus' name because that's the only way. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Amen. If there's only one baptism, it has to be in Jesus' name. And so if you're not sure, we have robes, we have towels, we've got 80-degree water. Amen. It's a good, a good time washing away your sins. If you want to get baptized today, you can do that because it's that important. Jesus said if you're not born of the water, you're not getting in. And so if you haven't been born of the Spirit, filled with the Holy Ghost, that can happen today too. Because that's a required, Jesus says you got to be born of the Spirit. You ain't going to see it. And so you, you may think, well, I've, surely I have. I've been uh, in church for years and years. Well, Jesus also clears that up because it's so important. Jesus said it's so important you're born of the Spirit, born of the water. Uh, he, he says, he clears it all up so that you know without a shadow of a doubt you've been born of the Spirit. We can tell you're born of the water because your hair's wet and you, got in, you went in the tank. We all know that. But being born of the Spirit, he tells us how to tell when somebody is born of the Spirit. John 3, 6, he's continuing on. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. He's talking about you can hear the sound. You may hear the wind blowing. When you hear the sound of the wind, even though it's invisible, amen. You, you cannot tell when it comes and when it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So Jesus is saying if the Spirit is blowing in your life, you're going to hear something, amen. And that is the, being, the sound of somebody being born of the Spirit. There's going to be a sound that comes and everyone that is born of the Spirit is going to experience and hear that sound. We see this playing out in Acts chapter 2 when the day of Pentecost was fully come. They're all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. There's that sound again as of a rushing mighty wind as Jesus talked about. It was filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled, born of the Spirit, of the Holy Ghost, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so there's a sound, the sound of speaking in tongues is that Jesus says, that's how you know you're going to be born of the Spirit. So speaking in tongues, a language you don't know, you've you got to try to figure it out, that's what God's doing. That's God's language. And so that is the sign, that is the sound that you hear. When the Holy Spirit fills you, as according, that's what Jesus said. That's not my opinion. My opinion doesn't matter when it things means uh, going to heaven. It's all Jesus. And so we see examples of that. There's many examples. We'll just look at one, Acts chapter 10, verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so here's a question for you. How do these people know that they got the Holy Ghost? How do they know they were filled with the Holy Ghost? Did they fill in a, did they hand in a decision card and said, I uh, here I am, here's proof that I've been filled? No, did they confess with their mouth and say, I believe? It starts with that, but no, according to Scripture, according to what Jesus said, there's going to be a supernatural sound happening. How do they know they were filled with the Holy Ghost? Verse 46, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God, and then an an answered Peter, can any man forbid water? They need to be born of the, of the water too, not just the Spirit, as uh, should not we be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Not, he didn't say in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. He said in the name of the Lord. You can't have c conflicting scriptures. 
either there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism in Jesus' name, or there's uh, or the Bible's all messed up. And so he commanded them, he said, you must be born uh, of the water, you must be baptized. And they baptized him in the name of the Lord. And they prayed and tarried them for many days. And so it's amazing to see people uh, obeying the gospel, uh, obeying the gospel even years, years after Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. This was, I don't know, this is 10, maybe 10, 20 years later. I don't know how long it was, but it, was, it wasn't the next, it wasn't, even though it's not, uh, it all started in Acts chapter 2 and this is chapter 10, that doesn't mean it's like four days later. This was years later. Years later, people are still being filled with the Holy Ghost and still being baptized because Peter got up in Acts 2.38 and said, uh, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that is that promises to you, that promises to me, that promises to everybody here in 2020. If you haven't repented of your sins, you can do that today. If you haven't been baptized, in Jesus' name, you need to do that. If you haven't been filled with the Spirit and heard a, a strange sound from heaven, you can do that today. Why? Because that is how you can get into heaven. If there's any part of the gospel, repentance, baptism, Holy Ghost, that you haven't fulfilled in your life, you should. And you need to. Because we all want to go to heaven. We don't want to go to the other place. And if Jesus says you can't even see the kingdom without born again, then I think he knows what he's talking about. And so that is the whole reason and purpose that God came to this earth was to be born in a manger so that you can hear how to get to where he came from and how to get to heaven. And Jesus took care of the cost of admission because our righteousness would never get us in there. And so he says, I'll come and die for you. I'll come and bleed my blood for you. And, and I'll cover you with my blood. I'll cover you with my righteousness. And so that you can get into that kingdom of heaven because our righteousness is as filthy rags. As best we can do, we're not going to make it. We'll always fall up short. But thank you, Jesus, for coming to earth and showing us and telling us what exactly we need to do so that we can go to heaven and be with you. It's more than about a cute little nativity story. It's about salvation. It's about the saving of your soul. It's about being redeemed from sin, redeemed from the flames of hell that are made for the devils and his angels. Amen. We want to go to heaven to be with Jesus. He came and showed us the way, and so we're celebrating his birth because it's without him being born he wouldn't be able to die for us musicians if you would come more than just a manger more than just a cute little story but without that we wouldn't be here today away in a manger the word away implies distance Away, he, Jesus is away, and he's over there somewhere in a manger. A, a distance, a space between us and the manger. But as we know, Jesus, he wasn't so far away, was he? He wasn't in some remote cave on the backside of some Bethlehem mountain that nobody knew. They first tried to go to an end. They tried to go to a place where they could uh, rest, but it was all filled. And so they ended up in a manger, a stable, a manger where the animals slept. And so the city of Bethlehem was packed, filled with people because of the tax, taxation season. But yet right there in Bethlehem was our Lord and Savior born. Nobody knew about it. Well, they, they, they were told about it, but nobody came. Nobody came to see Jesus lying in, away in a manger. The manger was right there, right there in the town of Bethlehem. 
surrounded by people, filled to capacity. Uh, uh, it's no reason, uh, it's no coincidence that all the world is being taxed and everyone came there. And so if there were to be a big, great big celebration uh, for the birth of Jesus, the town was literally packed and so was Jerusalem. Every town was packed because they were there to be taxed. And so there were plenty of people there in Bethlehem. But nobody took the time to go look for Jesus. Away in a manger and alone. Okay, well, maybe people in Bethlehem, there's a, a sporting event going on, and they all were caught up in that. But what about Jerusalem, two miles away, right down the street? Nobody. Nobody from the capital city was, was, was interested enough to follow the prophecies and to, to come to Bethlehem for the birth of their Savior. Uh, a 20-minute walk, and, and yet still no one was there. And yet these wise men came from the east. They walked over 900 miles because they saw a sign. They saw the scripture and say, hey, the Messiah is coming. And 900 miles is a short trip to go see God face to face. What's going to hold me back? Nothing going to hold me back. It doesn't matter if it's a thousand miles. We got to walk. We got to go see Jesus. We got to go see the creator of this world, our Lord and Savior. 900 miles is a small trip to pay to see Jesus Christ. And yet people two miles away, it's too far. Too far to go. 20 minutes. There was no one there, away in a manger, all alone. You stand with me today. Away in a manger, it does imply a distance. But that distance is a space of the heart. If the word of God was in their hearts, Jesus wouldn't be so far away. If the coming Messiah was in their hearts and they, they determined in their heart that they wanted to be there to see it, people would have been there. No matter the distance, as we saw with these wise men, it was in their heart and they were going to make that travel. We're going to make that journey. That's, that's, that's 900 miles is the least that we can do to greet our Lord and Savior. 900 miles is the least that we can do. No matter the cost, no, no matter the time it took, they would not let Jesus lie alone in a manger. Because if your heart is in it, you're going to go. If your heart's in it, you're going to go. You're not, you're not worried about the cost. You're not worried about the time. You're not worried about the, the, the burden it takes. If, 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 if Disney is in your heart, you'll travel three hours to Disney World, no problem. You'll pay the exorbitant fees to get into that park and to see these creatures and, and these characters. If it's in your heart, you're going to go. And so away in a manger is a distance of the heart. People 900 miles away heard the call and said, oh, that's not a long trip. I'll do that, no problem. And yet people two miles away said, uh, I don't know if I want to walk 20 minutes. See, there are people here today that drive an hour to be here. And they're not here just today, but they're here week after week. Why? Because it's in their heart. They know that it doesn't matter how far I got to go. I got to get in the presence of God. That's the least that I can do. It's worth it to me to spend that money, the gas. That's the best thing I can do with my car, my vehicle, is to say, no, I'm going to church. I'm going to church. I'm going to go in the presence of God. I got to get there no matter the cost. Why? Because it's inside my heart. Jeremiah 29 says, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. That's what the wise men did. The foreigners said, God, 
How can I not go? Thank God it's only 900 miles and not 1,500 miles. I thank you, Lord, for blessing me with such a short distance to go. 900 miles, God, I'll be there. I want to see you face to face. And, and with all that's going on in this world today, with such an unprecedented year that we've had, everything that can be shaken will be shaken and is being shaken. I think God is allowing all of this to expose what's in our hearts, what's really deep down inside of your heart. What do you really care for? Are you really concerned about me and my word? Do you want to come greet me and meet me face to face? Do you want to spend time with me in my presence or is it too far for you? I want to open up these altars today. You want to come and seek him. If Jesus is really in your heart, then you're going to make time for him. If you really care about the word of God, you're going to live by it. You're going to seek it out. You're going to search it. You're going to go wherever Jesus is. If he's next door, you're going to go. If he's two miles down the street, you're going to say, oh, bless God, I'm going to be there in a little bit. If it's 900 miles away, you're going to say, oh, we better pack some extra things, honey, because we're going to the house of God. We're going to go meet Jesus Christ. You'll do it because away in a manger is not all, not all that very far away. Come on. As we begin to sing, as we begin to close out the service, why don't we just open up our hearts today? Why we begin to seek to him. He's not very far from us. Open up your heart today. God, I need to you. Forgive me, Jesus, of my sins. I'm sorry, Lord. To worship you. Oh, I need you, Jesus. I need you. I'm all alone in this world, God, but I need you. You'll be there for me. Comfort me and strengthen me. To worship you, I Mom, live. that's it. What better to thing to do than to give your heart to Him I today? Bone, if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, you can do that today. Hallelujah. Mom, let's worship Him today. It's more than an activity story, it's about the salvation of our soul. Come on, let's worship Him. Come on, that's it. Don't worry about who's around. God is here. Don't leave him alone in the manger today. That's it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just lift up a hand. Thank you. 
Jesus, we lift your name on high. Jesus, we lift your name on high in this place. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, we lift your name on high. Your name on high. Be lifted high. Sing, sing. Jesus, we lift your name Son. on high. Oh, yeah. Your name hallelujah, high. hallelujah. Be lifted high. Again, say Jesus. Jesus, be
So you're more than welcome to stand around those. They're socially distanced set apart should you wish to have some space. There are uh, smaller tables for the kids to sit at. Or if you wish to sit down, we have just chairs set up in this back classroom. You'll just hold your uh, your food on your on your in your hand or on your lap and eat it as well in there. So you're more than welcome to stand outside with some tables or sit down inside. Um, it's nice outside. It is a waffle and biscuit bar, so you can get a waffle or a biscuit or both. And there's a variety of toppings like hot chicken tenders and bacon and sausage gravy and then some fruit toppings as well and some desserts. So build yourself a waffle or biscuit or both. Um, the drinks are outside. There's coffee and water and Christmas punch. So we hope that you enjoy and we hope you all have a Merry Christmas. So just walk in this way and then either go outside or into the back classroom.